What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Kroom and on this episode we sit down with Michael Marks. Michael has been a part of some of the biggest brands in the cycling industry such as Spy Optics, 100% Sunglasses, LEL, Wadi Inc. and much more. Michael is also the owner of one of the biggest gravel events, or as they like to call it, Spring Classics in America right now, and that is the Belgian Waffle Ride. We chat about what they're doing in these rough times with COVID and all the other unknowns that currently present themselves. But other than that, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. But first, let's hear a message from our sponsors. This episode is also brought to you by Chili Technology. Personally, I tend to run a bit hot when I'm sleeping, which can leave me waking up in the middle of the night sweating and uncomfortable. Chili Technology has created two really cool sleep gadgets, the Chili Pad and the Uller. These are systems that fit over the top of your mattress and use water to control the temperature of your bed, which can help lower your internal body temperature and trigger a deep, relaxing sleep. I personally use the Chili Pad and it's amazing. I love that fresh, cool sheet feeling and this product gives you that the entirety of your sleep. Chili Pad has me feeling rested and ready to take on the next day. I've also even traveled with the Chili Pad all the way to Europe. Right now, Chili is offering all listeners a really great deal when you go to ChiliTechnology.com. All you have to do is use code CROOM at checkout. That'll give you $150 off both the Chili Pad and the Uller. That's code CROOM, C-R. OOM. So go to chilitechnology.com. Hey guys, Sweet. welcome back to Coffee and Van Chats. I'm here with Michael Marks and yeah, I mean, he runs the Belgian Waffle Ride and he has he pretty much created it. Um and so yeah, Michael, welcome. Thanks for coming to the show. Um thank you. But yeah, kind of give us a kind of give us a little bit of a breakdown where I mean, cuz I heard about the Belgian waffle ride even before gravel racing was cool. Um, and it's not a gravel race. I know that I would get shunned on that. So I'll go ahead and correct myself. It is a spring classic. Um, but yeah, so kind of give us, give us a breakdown of where that inception came from and, and kind of, yeah, how it all started. Yeah. Um, let's see. I have a Belgian heritage, um, at the time, I had a UCI pro card for racing cross. I love doing long races. Yeah. Um, I love waffles. Mm. I love Belgian ale. Mm. Most every beer, but Belgian ale in particular. So I thought, why not put all of those things selfishly together? And then the first year, I'll invite 136 people that I think would enjoy all of those things. So long road race with intermittent cross-like, you know, gravel stuff to mix it up. And um, there were a few people that I, I put those in intentionally knowing how much they'd suffer. Yeah. Uh, so long race, a lot of great people did it. My, my only ask was if you had a great time, tell everyone because we're gonna do this again next year. So each year the course would get a little longer, a little more dirt. Um, and then it would double in size and double in size and double in size. So I think um, my selfish idea of what would be a really fun bike race, I think other people shared in that, you know, that they were looking yeah. for something different. And a lot of my friends like to race cross, but they also like to ride long. And then what happened is to, to your point, this thing that they call gravel 
started to materialize in, in the bike industry's mind and they started making gravel bikes when we were still riding road bikes with maybe 25s on For sure them. yeah yeah because that was before the wide tire was cool yeah no yeah. it's i don't know that it is cool now uh, <laughs> but it gets people through certain things that maybe 25s or 28s wouldn't yeah but it it it's um now it's become like this thing of its own that gets lumped into gravel but as you point out it's a spring classic so the san diego event is this year it's 138 miles and probably 53 or 55 of that is in dirt but the, some yeah. of the dirt is really challenging um and it's broken up so that it really messes with any kind of rhythm i mean the mm. whole course is just broken up into challenging sectors be they long gravel you know somewhat long climbs or just really technically challenging uh rock sectors i would add because last weekend I was in Cedar City reconning the BWR course there, because that yeah. race is gonna happen October 17th. That course is more gravel and incredible. Like the amount of varied terrain yeah. that we have uh, there is, is just, I couldn't believe all the things that we could connect to make a really rad course. Um, I think that course is gonna freak people out. Well, yeah, I think, I really think you're onto something. Cause I just, I don't know, have you ridden the course in Asheville yet or like had any, wrote, wrote any bits of it? No, I, I didn't get to, and the, that makes it the most challenging because yeah. I'm reviewing stuff on Google maps and then I'm reviewing it on Strava and yeah. I'm trying to piece it all together. And I have the help of, of Matthew Boucher and Murphy there. Have, yeah. So um, I trust them that they understand my vision for it, but I have yet to to ride the course and that worries me. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I rode some parts with it, of it um, actually oh. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, How's my course? With Dylan Johnson. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Um, it's a lot of fun. It went, there was, we did, we just did a few parts of it uh, through DuPont, which like I heard that you literally could ride through DuPont. Uh, like, a, like you could start, where we were, where we started on this like little stretch of road that was part of the BWR. You could start in DuPont on that road and literally do loops like a hundred miles of gravel and it'd be different gravel each time. And like, it was amazing. So it was like just gravel park is what it looked like. Um, I like that. Yeah. Cause yeah. then we can change the course every year. hundred percent. Like I, it, it definitely could be done through there. And, uh, but there were some challenging chunky sections, but it was great. Cause like, it was almost like I was doing, and I don't know when we got off part of the BWR route, but parts of the road, they were so long that certain parts of it would be like chunky gravel. And then other parts of it would be very packed gravel, like like smooth, you know, yeah. almost like riding on tarmac. And then other parts of it was like washboard, washed out, like yep. gutter gravel. And uh, so it all in one road. So like the terrain changed a few times within that one road, yeah. which I thought was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you, if you haven't had the opportunity, obviously we're in this crazy pandemic, but uh, it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be good. I think, I think you have two good guys on top of it. And then Dylan Johnson, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but YouTube yep. guy, he lives out there and he's, he's been playing around on it and uh, he took me out and it was pretty cool. Yeah. I obviously couldn't go once the pandemic thing hit. Yeah. And um, 
now I don't know when I'm going to be able to go do the course. Yeah. <laughs> Just travel restrictions. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's pretty crazy over there right now. We, I was traveling to a friend's wedding and it was like where we hit that dip where it was starting to become socially, like it was a yeah. question mark of whether or not this is socially acceptable. And within yeah. the last two weeks, it has become not socially acceptable, especially with South Carolina and North Carolina. It's almost as if they've gone on lockdown for the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody's like, what? We have to wear masks in public? And it's like, what? You haven't been doing that yet? <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a mandated thing here in Colorado. Yeah. And, and it was wild driving from Colorado to Texas to Arkansas and Tennessee and just seeing how each state is, it's different. a different country. Utah is wide open. Yeah, that's what I'm here. I keep getting invites from, and I'm not going to mention their names on this because I don't want them to get blasted, but I keep getting invites like, come, come hang out, come visit. And I'm just like, is it okay? Like, are you guys good for me yeah. to come visit? Like, they, if you wear a mask in Cedar City, they look at you cross-eyed like there's something wrong with you. Same with Texas. It's almost as if, yeah, when, I, when we got to Texas, I thought we were going to get ran out of Texas faster than we got into Texas because we it was the first gas station stop we had. And uh, we all had our mask on. You know, we were just trying to be respectful because, like, I'm the kind yeah. of guy where it's like, you I'm, not do really, it. I'm not really worried about it. But no. the last thing I want to do is, like, my conscience knowing that I infected someone, you know? Well, we, we wear the mask to show other people respect. 100%. That's why we do it. 100%. Yeah. Okay. And, so, and so, yeah, that's, that's been great. And so that's been kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, me and the wife are talking about doing a camping trip to, to Utah if things – you know, don't get too crazy. But uh, well, why don't yeah. you do it October 17th? Because that course is incredible. That's the goal. I would love, I'm, you know, I need to get, I need to get registered. You know, again, I, like I said, uh, I was registered for San Diego. I know a guy. You know a guy? <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I need to get registered. And that's another thing for you guys on the, that are listening to this podcast. When this, all this started, you know, the promoters were getting slashed. I mean, heavily, like in the sense of, they don't know what to do. Some of the, sometimes the money gets spent up front for, you know, costs that you don't get to see, you know, just to set yeah. the course up. And Tell so when you, when you register, um, sometimes you're even paying back these credit card bills that they've upfronted the money. So sometimes your money gets spent. Sorry to hear it, but it happens. It's, and it's so, true. so if you can, please be patient with these uh, race promoters, but how have you been handling that? Like, how has that been? Like, is it starting to level out? Cause a lot of these bike businesses are like, seem like they're booming right now, at least from my sponsor's perspectives. I'm hearing that they're doing great. So how are you doing as a race promoter? Well, um, you know, not good, right? Right, yeah. Just postponing um, BWR from May to November is a huge headache. Um, now postponing Asheville, uh, that, and when you do that, it's just tons of emails of people saying, I want a refund. Mm -hmm. The amazing thing is how rude people are. Yeah. You could send them the nicest response and they're yeah. still rude. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand that. It didn't used to be that way when the event was smaller, but yeah. I suppose that's as it grows, you get more and more people outside of that, the Peloton that we all know and love. Um, when this thing happened, I created a, a thing called Ride 2020 with a yeah. buddy of mine to raise money for other event organizers who are sure to go out of business 
for all the reasons that you had mentioned. Yeah. So that's going to happen on July 11th. So that's pretty soon. It's just oh, awesome. a one, one day event. Um, to We hope to raise busloads of money so then we can take that and parse it out as grants to all the event organizers who have signed up to receive the funding. That's so amazing. A lot of energy. Have you guys created like a website or anything like that for that yet? Um, or like a landing or just any more info where people could maybe even see that donate or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of links to that, or you could just type in ride 2020. Sweet. Yeah. We'll put that, we'll put that down in the description below. I can so share it with you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's a bit frustrating when, you know, yeah. that's a big part of your livelihood and mo it's a big part of my joy is, yeah. is sharing these events with people and inspiring them. Uh, that's a bit challenging, but then like you mentioned so many bike companies, bike shops are cranking Canyon. Yeah. Canyon doesn't really have people at their office, uh, yet they are, going through inventory uh, at incredible rates. Um, and LEL too, and Wadi, LEL we had to stop production, stop yeah. working, and then we quickly pivoted to making the, the fun facades that some people call masks. Yeah. And um, we like, couldn't, couldn't make them fast enough. It was That's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, and then so we had record a record March, a record April, a rec record May, and now record June, um, and now we're back to making our normal custom gear and inline gear uh, for both brands. So things are cranking. We're like extra busy trying to make up for the few months that we weren't able to produce. Yeah. So it's kind of exciting because there's demand there. People are still going out and riding, even if they're riding alone, like you and I are doing. Um, but it's it's exciting to think that whatever whatever the byproducts of this crazy thing that we're going through, one of the positive ones is it got people to pull the bike out of the rafters yeah. or buy a new bike or get out on the road. And we don't care if they're, you know, can barely pedal because they're going to get better. Um, or if they were a former racer that's getting back to it, whatever the story is, the fact that there's more people out there enjoying the benefits and the joy of riding a bike, it's just fantastic. So how do we keep that going? Once sure. things do get back to normal, how do we encourage more people of all stripes yeah. to come and enjoy the events and be inspired to like sign up for another one and train for it? Because we know that the joy of anything like this is not the destination. It's not the actual race. It's all the training along the way that gives you that daily joy, that inspiration, that, that health, the mental health that makes for a better life for everyone involved. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and that, and we were, I was actually talking to Pete Stena about this because it's like he, he entered the gravel scene and he saw this whole community, right? And even and that's why he, 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 he'll mention that BWR is a gravel race because of the community. It's the gravel community. It's, it's not true. a gravel race. But um, what he was saying is, is, you know, it's interesting like how we, and what I was saying is like, it's interesting how we have, we're all on the same level now. It doesn't matter if you're professional or what have you, like we're all going through the same things. Like I can't go to BWR Asheville just as much as Pete can't or 
whoever's in Asheville. Like we we're just as bummed that that race isn't happening as you are. And yes, it's our jobs or what have you, but we, we love to be at those events just as much as anybody else. And, and so it's been kind of, it's been kind of beautiful and then kind of crappy in the sense that we're all on the same level. Like we're, we're all feeling the same pain. So how can we get through this together? And that's as cheesy as that sounds, we're, we actually are in this together. You know, we're all like my lead boat, my, um, you know, SBT gravel and all those events, like they're all deferred to the next year, just like anybody else, you know? Yeah. Um, and and, and yeah, I paid 700 bucks to do that event <laughs> just like anybody else, you know? And, and yeah, so I, I think it's pretty interesting how, how we've all been kind of put on the same level. Yeah. And eventually we will congregate and hopefully by the time we get back together and ride side by side yeah. and race and put each other in the box, um, that we will appreciate it that much more. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Cause it's, it's definitely been a beautiful thing to just kind of take a step back and look at the little things. You know, I did a post earlier, you know, I didn't really realize how much time I didn't spend at home and how much time I spent away from my wife, just traveling for training and tracks and world cups. And people are probably like, Oh man, is he going down the road where like he can't stand his wife anymore? No, that's not true. I'm actually starting to learn to appreciate my wife a lot more. It's like an appreciate I live in Colorado. I live in these mountains, you know, and like, I've never spent a summer in Colorado. I'm usually in T-Town or, you know, racing the track out there or in Europe or whatever. So it's been, it's been kind of nice to kind of take that step back and enjoy that time at home as bummed as I am. It's, it's kind of nice to appreciate the little things and, you know, hang out with your friends and understand that, Hey, like we're all, again, we're all in this together. So what have you been doing for training, man? Cause I, yeah, you're a race promoter. Yeah. You work in the industry. Um, but you also ride your bike harder than probably anybody else in the industry. So what, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, uh, fortunately, uh, I've been able to put base miles in. Base miles back in? Are you <laughs> so, coached? Do you work with anybody? Oh, no. No? No, there's nothing serious for me. Uh, but I, I love riding. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm way ahead of schedule on uh, – annual miles i think i'll probably i i think i could get in close to fifteen thousand this year wow um which is a lot for me that's it yeah it's good uh, but like five years ago before i broke my back i had um almost uh, almost fifteen thousand miles with a ton of climbing for me which was like a million feet or something yeah. close to that and the average was 20.6 miles an hour, which isn't much, but like when you factor in, yeah, uh, your recovery like if, if people can really like look at what their average pace is uh, for a year, like yeah. it's way slower than you'd ever think. Um, so I always like to see my average, I'm not working on Watts, you know, everything is just, it's kind of like running because yeah. I have a running background. It's like, oh, I'm going to do a 10 miler at 5:30 pace and that and I ride my bike that way like just kind of a consistent thing even though that's not good for bike racing cuz bike racing is intermittent power. Yep. And then occasionally you're in a break so it's sort of that TT mentality and power and being able to sustain higher watts at say 20 minutes. Um so what I do is I ride a bit more than I have been and um I have not gone hard because I haven't been in a group for months. 
Yeah. But sometimes I will go for, you know, 20, 20 miles and just average, say, 26 miles an hour uh, just on my own. Again, average pace. I like that. Or some days I'll be like, okay, I'm going to ride 110 today and I want to average 23 miles an hour and just go do that solo. So yeah. it's like strength. It's base building, but there's no speed inside of me right now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's actually pretty impressive. Like, I mean, to do, cause I, I've done that once, one other time and like looked at my, my speed in correlation to the amount of miles that I've done. I don't think yeah. I've ever even gotten close to 20 miles an hour. Partially, you know, when you do those track workouts, it's like, yeah, you're, you, you do a workout and then you stop and you're just like, yeah, around yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's sweet, man. So, you know, is BWR doing anything like virtual right now? Because Ted King's launched this whole DIY gravel. Uh, yeah, and we did virtual. one episode. Yeah, yeah. And um, we helped him put that together. Oh, yeah. You guys did like the first episode, I guess. It would have been yeah, before. Absolutely. Yeah, it was before DK. Yeah. It was, it, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so the only virtual thing we're doing is the ride 2020 for the other race yeah. organizers. No, that's um, awesome. Uh, I'm working on doing something for our benefactor, who's the San Diego Mountain Biking Association. Yeah. And trying to figure out what we can do with them to raise money because we're essentially their annual operating budget. Oh, so we okay. need to make sure that if, we, if we're not having an event, we got to figure out a way to uh, help them make money because they do such great work. And most people don't know this. And this is, there's so many uh, institutions uh, like them yeah. all over the country that people don't realize there are people who dedicate their weekends, their evenings to maintaining trails and to making them safe and groomed and fun for people. Yeah. Uh, they do such great work that goes uh, unrecognized, and I want to figure out a way to get that recognized and to get them the funding they need to keep up that great work. Yeah, and we'll make sure to put a link to them down below because I'm sure they I'm sure they have like some donation thing on their website or yeah, what have you and yeah. definitely check that out because that that is true. A lot of that does go on unwatched is like. Yeah these these organizations that maintain these trails that you ride all the time that you get to get to just bomb down all the time there's somebody yeah. that spent that five hours that you were riding just placing that jump or whatever that you got the ride down or clearing that yeah. corner out so you can ride it cleanly so um yeah. definitely we'll put that in there and so so yeah so i know you from a hundred percent are you not no longer over there are you no i did some consulting work okay for them with their brand Bible and um, event team stuff. But um, with, with the offer, I couldn't work with them 100%. I couldn't be 100% at 100%. There you go. <laughs> we really needed that. Yeah. So um, I got the events and then LEL and Wadi. And then I have um, my own agency called Creative Disruption, but I'm putting all my energy into this great opportunity with LEL and Wadi. Sweet. Yeah. So LEL, they sponsor the women's team that I work for, which is really funny that we didn't even make that connection. Yeah. Um, partially because those women, they do, they, I, I just am there to file the taxes every year. Those women are the ones who make that team thrive. They're just a bunch yeah. of badasses. So, yeah, yeah. so tell us a little bit about that brand. Cause all the clothing's made in, in California from what I know. Yeah. Right. 
And yeah. so give us, give us a little bit of background on that and, and what, what's, what's it looking like if, you know, somebody has a team and they're listening and they're like, we need to create some clothes. <laughs> so uh, LAO literally means best of the best. Yeah. Um, it's um, something that we aspire to with the product. So first and foremost is like making incredible product in our factory with people we know and love and constantly addressing the capabilities of fabric, of, of seamstressing, of all the things that go into making a wonderful product. So that's the first thing when people say, oh my God, your product is, is incredible. There's that. And then the other side of it is um, best of the jest. So best of the best, comma, best with the jest. Yeah. We're about having fun and being inclusive and inspiring people from all over. Basically, we want to have happy butts sitting on bikes everywhere. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you encounter the brand, um, you'll see people smiling, having a good time. Sometimes that means riding hard, but sometimes that means just playing around, popping wheelies and looking colorful and fun. So it's a very positive environment and it's super fun to do that. So last year, I created the brand Bible that um, everyone in the company and all of our ambassadors have. And it basically just reminds people what's important to us yeah. and how we would want them to communicate that to their people in their own way. So it's been super fun and we're growing like mad. There's great team there. Um, I'm super proud of, of everyone's work there. It's just, it's just a blast. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I was, I was kind of the other day, like during this whole Corona thing, you kind of, we've seen people switch jobs and move around and do whatever else. Um, but yeah, you guys just recently got, was it Kathy Pruitt, I believe is her name? She used to work for and, and Lindsay Goldman too, if you know Lindsay. Yeah, from, yeah, from USA Cycling, right? Or well, yeah. she, I guess she was a professional racer before she was at USA Cycling. Yeah, that's she, awesome. ran, she ran her team. Yeah. And then, and then um, she moved over to USA Cycling and I've known her for a few years. I've known her husband for a decade and have ridden bikes with him. Uh, and I, we always talked about like wanting to work together. Yeah. And that was like on BWR when we were growing it. I thought, oh, we could bring Lindsay in. She's just so organized and on top of it. And most of all, understands what a cyclist wants yeah. at, a, at a high level. But also she's a mom. So she has a great purview on all of it. And it so ended up being that we got to hire at, at the LAL and Wadi instead, which is better because like I get to work with her all the time, all day, uh, just like you and I are doing a lot of yeah. Zoom calls, a lot of text messaging. And it's just fantastic because she's really excited and incredibly capable. Well, she, so she, I don't think we've ever physically met, but I knew who she was because she raced and she owned that women's team and then she got pregnant and I was like, Oh man, how is she going to still do this? And she was still doing it. She was crushing it. And then uh, I saw her like a couple months after she had a child, like, you know, coming into the bike racing season, she had six pack, man. She was ready to roll and like, and she was being a super mom. So I could only imagine how great of a worker she is and how much work she, and, and how much time she just invests. She seems like yeah. a very selfless person for sure. When you, when you see someone like that who operates at such a high level on the bike, yeah. you know this as 
uh, a world-class athlete, that it requires um, a dedication to the craft. It also requires this craziness inside of us oh, to yeah. reach, to keep reaching, to hurt the way that we do. Yeah. Um, and when people like you and Lindsay have that, it, it often translates into other arenas in life. Yeah. So you can't just turn off that type of drive and desire yeah. in other areas. So whatever magic she applies to racing her bike, she equally applies to her work. And it's like she wants to win the game of work as well. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah, yeah. I, we were starting to, my wife was actually starting to be like, realize that. She's like, if you don't have a national title to chase for, you're like, let's start a podcast. Let's start a blog. Let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's win at something else. Let's win. Let's do something. Let's, let's, you know, let's grow. Let's, I always got to be doing something, you know? And so, yeah, it, it is true. Um, it is like a fire. It is kind of a passion because you, you want to do the best that you can do. And to be honest, like, I started this podcast and I think there was like, I don't know, 20 views. And now we're up to, you know, close to three, 500 views of podcasts so far. And, you know, it's only been alive for a month, which is pretty cool. That's um, great. Yeah. So it's, it's getting somewhere that's exciting, but it's, it helps to have cool guests like you. So that makes yeah. a big difference, you know, I think you have cooler guests probably scheduled for later today. Hopefully yeah. we, well, we got Haley Bates from, uh, from Sweet. LLG. She's a badass. Um, and I think she's the one who worked the LEL Hulk contact thing up um so that's super cool but uh but yeah man so you know you did have to cancel um you did have to cancel uh um, postponed. postponed yeah yeah so moved well, it forward and then but we still have two more races we have san diego november and we have utah right as of, as of right now cedar city and so give us a little bit of a breakdown of of Cedar city. Cause you were just out there and, and why somebody should sign up today. Like don't, don't stress about the current pandemic. This is something you can train for. Why would somebody sign up today? Well, I think there's a, a few things. One is uh, Cedar city. It, there's it's, you wouldn't even know there's a pandemic there. Yeah. <laughs> but that's really great because there's no issues health wise. Good. Um, the, the actual course takes place at, you know, 5,500 to up to 7,000 feet of elevation. So there's a bit of elevation there. It doesn't bother you people from Colorado. That'll uh, still bother me. I'm still 200 pounds. So okay. <laughs> um, the, the course has all that kind of gravel you were talking about. The kind of gravel, the big, huge rocks like you'd see at DK. Uh, other like really smooth stuff, but then there's washboard stuff. There's every kind of gravel there in Cedar City, but we also found some really fun single track stuff yeah. that for mountain biking. Yeah. But we went and rode it on our little road bikes with a little bit wider tires, and it was so fun. Awesome. So there's that. There's punchy climbs. There's a few longer climbs. Um, we've managed to weave in all sorts of crazy fun stuff. There's one motocross track that riders will get to go do all the berms on. I mean, just who designed this? Did you design this or who helped you? I, yeah. After this weekend, yeah, I was with Phil and 
um, I said, dude, let me come up with a couple courses and then you second guess all of them and tweak them. Yeah. And between that banter, like we arrived at a one clockwise one and one reverse one. And then the other thing is we have like the dream scenario that we're petitioning for for next year that climbs up Cedar Mountain and then into Zion, the national uh, yeah, park yeah. there. Oh my God, that course is going to be incredibly world class. Uh, but we have to wait a year to get there. Oh, awesome. Well, that, that, that'll be super cool. Um, well, yeah. So what's, what's the tire of choice for, for Cedar City? Uh, I've listened to some of these 36. BWR podcasts and it's, uh, it's an 36. Yeah. yeah. Like some people are definitely going to want forties. Forties. All right. And well, that's what say, I write. Oh, good. Yeah. I think some might try and get away with 34s, but I, I don't think that's smart. I think 36 is the tire. Right on. Is there a specific IRC tire that you would recommend? Um, they have a couple. I think that it's that Bogan one that they have, the 36. Yeah. I would just put that front and back Boom, and make and sure tire pressure and let it roll. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. So with San Diego though, what's the, what's the tire choice for you there? You know, I did it. I did the course on the actual race day on 25s. Mm -hmm. And I think 28 is what the pros will roll. Um, I think more people will have 32s than any other width tire. Yeah. But if you really want to roll on the asphalt road stuff, you're going to want the 28s. Right on. Right on. Well, that's, that's super cool, man. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think it's super interesting, like the differences of the courses, because there's this debate and kind of what I'm hearing, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's this debate, like, do you ride a road bike or do you ride a gravel bike in San Diego? What would you say yeah. in Utah? Yeah. So you ride a road bike in San Diego, yeah. obviously. Uh, I mean, Pete, just look at Pete's rig. I use the same bike, the ultimate, uh, yeah. The Canyon Ultimate with the 25s, I'd ride 28s on it. I think for Utah, you want some sort of a gravel setup. Yeah. With that, you know, any, you need a bike that's going to be able to accommodate the 36s or yeah. the 40. That's going to be a gravel bike. Um, you're going to want some comfort. It's a long day. The current course is 130 miles. Yeah. Um, so I think people need to err towards comfort. Again, the pros are going to want to ride a, whatever road bike they can get 36s on. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I think the Canyon Endurace, you can fit 36s on barely. Yeah. And, and if there's no mud, you're good to go. Yeah. So, yeah. Right on. All right. So right before we wrap up, I want to ask you one more question. You're a beer aficionado, and I just, I just became a beer guy um over quarantine um, good for you i know i've just learned to to love to drink it again because you know I, I think i outdid myself in college and then when i was trying to lose weight it just wasn't in the diet but i was like you know yeah. what it's been a while i'm gonna have a beer what beer would you recommend and and is is bwr creating a beer because they usually do right with lost abbey is that am i correct my research yeah, we do. you know the first year we did it uh tommy created uh a beer for us that's called the Badass Ale. And it was based on a recipe that he had made that year, which is called Carnival from them, which is a Saison, yeah. which basically means season. 
so saisons run the gamut based on what what spices or um, yeast is in the air. But they we use that as the badass sale, and then the next month they put that in the Great American Beer Festival. Yeah. Uh, for there's a category called Belgian slash French ale, and it won the gold medal. Wow! There you I, go. Tommy's uh, next. Tommy Arthur from the Lost Abbey. He's an incredibly accomplished and revered brewmaster. Yeah. And so he's made some incredible beers. What what he's become famous for. In fact, his most famous one is called Cuvée de Tommy. Yeah. Uh, which was ranked like eight. I think they ranked it 18th of the best beers ever produced in the world. They, oh, wow. they gave him that honor last year. So. Um, yeah, we, we do the badass sale every year, and most people keep it as a trophy because it's the 750 milliliter bottle. Yeah, so, Pete showed us his the other day. Yeah. So. so they don't drink it. So what we do is we make sure that everyone gets at least two beers, one to keep as a trophy. That's awesome. And one to enjoy. There you go. And even even then, guys, that another way BWR is just stepping up the game. Um, well, Michael, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to hold you all day. I really appreciate your time and and thank you for rescheduling with me and uh yeah man uh i really appreciate it and thank you guys for watching um if you haven't already make sure that you check those links down below um for for all the the things that he's doing with with ride on the what is it, july 11th to help raise money for some of these 2020 yep 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 to help raise money for some of these uh events and race promoters that sits deep in my heart because we always bitch and complain about how there's not a lot of races, but the last thing we'll do is support the race. So put your money where your mouth is, support the race. Yeah. If you want to race your bike in 2021, after buying all these cool bikes, keeping these bike businesses in, in business, then make sure you support these race promoters. And also uh, remind me the name of the, uh, the uh, trail advisor, San Diego. Oh. San Diego Mountain Biking Association. There you go. San Diego Mountain Biking Association. Be sure to check them out because if you want to keep riding cool trails, you got to support the people who work on them. Yeah. Or get your ass outside and start working on some trails with them. There um, you go. Other than that, thank you. I appreciate it so much. And uh, yeah, cheers, guys.